News Network. An activist group threatens violence if the court doesn't play ball. Protests, threats against justices, an assassination attempt. And what comes out of Congress is more swamp gas than the bayous of East Texas. Threats from Capitol Hill, threats from the White House. Against who? Against you. So why is no one in the mainstream press talking about this? Well, we know the truth. We are the truth. We're TNN, the Truth News Network. And speaking loud and proud is Dan Newman. We need to clarify what Pete Moss just said. When he said, we are the truth, what he meant, folks, this is a place where you can always come and expect what you hear is truthful. We don't couch it. We don't color it. We don't give you perspectives. Well, we will give you our opinions, but when something is said here, and it is exclusively our opinions, we tell you that. We tell you before we say it, and we tell you that after we say it. And listen, there's nothing wrong with opinions. Everybody's got an opinion on pretty much everything. That's one of the beauties of not only being human, but being a citizen of the United States of America. Well, it used to be where we had 100% freedom to speak what we think. I guess we still live under that amendment, the first one of the Constitution. I'm not sure. Sometimes I question it based on what we see happening. But nevertheless, if you want facts on issues, come here. I can't denigrate anybody else. They do that very well. They don't need my help. You watch, you listen, you read, you determine for yourself. That's all I ask you to do, even here. Listen to what we say. If we refer you to a written source for the information that you get here, go check it out. And then make your own choices. It's critical in this time in American history that we all do that. I don't want you just to believe something I tell you, just because I'm the one telling it to you. I want you to think and feel confident that you can trust us. But just because you trust us doesn't mean we know everything. Wow, that's pretty deep. And let me tell you what, talk about pretty deep, probably the most egregious example of the horrors of this administration took place overnight. And I mean that seriously. In many ways, this is worse than 9-11. I know 3,000 people haven't died at the hands of terrorists like they did in New York City, 9-11. But 46 illegal immigrants were found dead overnight in the back of a tractor trailer at the Texas border. 46. That's unconscionable that that could happen. And there are more, 42 dead, 16 now, in hospitals, some of them critical, most of those 16 are children, and they're hanging on for dear life. Governor Abbott said yesterday, at least 42 people found dead inside a truck carrying migrants in Texas. These deaths are on Joe Biden. Wow. Abbott blasted President Biden for not doing enough to secure the southern border. And the easiest thing this president and any lawmaker in Congress or at any of the state levels, 
the most important thing they should do, and of course they all could do, is enforce the rule of law. The law that these elected representatives are passing according to the United States Constitution and the constitutions of each of the 50 states. It's not that difficult. As a matter of fact, every one of them, every member of Congress, every member of every state house in all 50 states, each swore an oath to the United States Constitution to protect and defend its tenets that are contained within it and did the same thing to their state constitutions. Then let me ask you this. Why is Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, why is President Joe Biden, why are these two men thumbing their noses at duly passed federal immigration laws? And then looking at the state, especially Texas, where the governor said, if you don't enforce immigration laws at our southern border, we're going to do it. Abbott was speaking to Joe Biden. And then Governor Abbott, he got told by his attorney general, hey, you better watch out, Mr. Governor, because the federal government has sole responsibility for border control. We can't legally go down there and protect our own people. We can't go down there and protect our own border because it's a federal border. So what happens? Well, here's one example. 46 illegals in 100-degree-plus heat and humidity. And to make it worse, guess what those traffickers did? So that border control dogs could not smell those migrants in the back of that truck. They sprinkled steak seasoning over the migrants to cover up their human smell. It was 102 degrees outside. Can you imagine what it was inside? That's literally as bad as Hitler's extermination of Jews that were crammed into rail cars during World War II. Many, when they got to the concentration camps where they were being sent in these rail cars, many of them died. They were smothered in the transition from where they were aboard trains, freight trains, crammed into those freight cars. That's what's happening on Joe Biden's watch. Let me just say this. This is my opinion when I'm about to tell you. This United States Congress should immediately begin. They need to disband this January 6th fake committee that's doing nothing but spending tax dollars and looking back over their shoulders. And the whole nation knows what that's all about. It's not about enforcing laws. It's not about finding wrongdoing. It's all for the one singular political purpose. They want to try and do everything they can to stop Donald Trump from ever being able to run for office, any federal office, especially the presidency in 2024. We need to do away with that. That is a sham. Those people, everyone on them, on that committee, every single one of them, including the House Speaker, Nancy Pelosi, should be ashamed of themselves, and the voters in their respective states should toss them each out in the midterm elections coming up. And by the way, every one of those members of the House of Representatives that are serving on that committee, their uh, tenure in Congress ends after the 2022 election. So they can each be voted out 
states, pay attention to who's representing you on this committee. Get them out of office. If they'll do this, they are not governing the nation. They are not in Congress in D.C. representing you. They are up there serving the political left. Politics, not law. That's all they're about. They are an abomination to the rule of law. That's number one. Number two, Articles of impeachment should be immediately filed against both Alejandro Mayorkas and Joe Biden for violating their oaths of office and for not only not enforcing federal immigration law, but suborning for other people, getting other people, allowing and encouraging other people to do the same thing. Break the laws. Thumb your noses at the rule of law. We need to start an investigation immediately, and I'm one that hates impeachment processes at any level because all they typically are about is for political purposes. Those two Donald Trump impeachment faux legal processes that were executed against Donald Trump, those were nothing but pontificating Democrats that were desperate Donald Trump had done nothing wrong. Donald Trump didn't do anything wrong. He would, one would suspect, he would have so much baggage in his past that anybody could just go pull a drawer open and bam, there's something we can impeach him with. They tried it. They opened every drawer. They found nothing illegal. In Joe Biden's case, in Alejandro Mayorkas' case, They're ignoring the rule of law is in our faces every single day. Countless numbers of people have come across our border. They say 2 million. That's what they say. That typically means it's twice that. And not only are they allowing illegals to come in, the taxpayers are paying for their transportation in the middle of the night in many cases as our government sends them out to communities around the nation. Then when they get to wherever they're going, guess who's paying the bill? Well, we're not writing checks to the illegals, but what are we doing? What are we doing? Have you any clue what's going on for the transition of money to all of these illegals that are coming up here and are being told and being suborned to stay here? That money comes from these NGOs. You hear that term NGO all the time. Well, this NGO set it up and they're doing this for the illegals in Del Rio. And this NGO is doing the ones over here for the ones in Southeast Texas. Those NGOs, that stands for non-governmental organization. The government contracts with these NGOs for X number of dollars that we The taxpayers are charged. We're actually writing the checks. And the Treasury Department is transitioning that money over to the checking account of Homeland Security. And they're paying all the bills. You are paying all the bills. And it's all because Joe Biden not only personally does not enforce laws, As the executive branch, that's what they are supposed to do. As a matter of fact, that's the only job constitutionally 
a president is supposed to do is enforce the laws that are legally passed by the people that craft federal laws. That would be the United States House of Representatives, the United States Senate, those bills, as they're called until they get on a president's desk and whoever's president signs, they're just bills. When they're signed, they become law. That's not only job one for the president, that's the job. He does not do the job. Constitutionally, impeachment, that process was created for times such as this. Alejandro Mayorkas could be fired by Joe Biden today, should be fired, should have never been hired, but when all this mess started down there and he lied continually in testimony before the U.S. Congress, he should have been fired. Who can fire him? Joe Biden can fire him. Joe Biden doesn't want to fire him. Why? Let me tell you, and what I'm about to tell you is 100% opinion. I'm going to say something. And then I'm going to explain afterwards how I got to feel this is a fact. I would bet you, and I don't, I'm not a wealthy person, but I would bet you a lot of money that if the truth was known behind all of this, this craziness, this massive illegal immigration, and all the money that's involved in it, I will bet you at the end of the money rainbow, the pot at the end of the rainbow, it's got the name Joe Biden on it somehow, somewhere. It may be coming through uh, deals that have been cut between our government surreptitiously with these cartels in Mexico. Those are the organizations that have structured and it is structured. Nobody just happens to slip across the southern border. It's a corporation. It's a multi-corporation. And it has government ties. It has industry ties. It is big money. It's estimated. And our government estimates that the cartels are making a billion dollars a week. A billion dollars a week. Now tell me, the United States government, what we know about many of our people in our government and the way they treat governing and the money that they come up with mysteriously that shows up, I guess the tooth fairy sticks is under their pillows at night. Where does it come from? I'll bet you Joe Biden personally or through the Biden family syndicate, we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a bit, more news out about President Biden and his lies about, I knew nothing about Hunter Biden's overseas business deals. He got caught by his own mouth. We've got that for you coming up in just a minute. But back to the immigration thing. People are dying. Literally, people are dying. The same people that Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi and Barack Obama Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, they went, wah, 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 we got to give these people a better life. They're killing them. And they don't care. Why would they not care? Follow the money. Follow the money. That's a Dan Says thing. I guarantee you, because the love of money is the root root of all evil. There's money 
as the root of this entire thing. Well, 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 you got the start of the show today for free. (laughs) And I bet you really wonder what I think about that. No, you don't have to anymore. And that last soliloquy, that was opinion. I have no facts to establish that there's any money there. But I hearken back to what happened in that uh, gun running scheme in the first term of Barack Obama and Joe Biden when Eric Holder, the uh, attorney general, was putting together this gun running thing and it was under the guise of selling guns in the United States of America to these drug cartel members over in Mexico and for us to track them to find out how and where and who's involved in running those guns, running drugs across our southern border. I thought back then, I feel even more so today, there was money that was being paid under the table to people in Washington, D.C. by the drug cartels. Who's behind the drug cartels in Mexico as it pertains to the illegal drug running here? Everybody knows. Nobody says anything about it. It's China, China, the government. China produces 99% of the fentanyl on planet Earth. Did you know that? It has been established by this government, by this department of uh, DEA, Drug Enforcement Agency, that a huge portion, at least, of the fentanyl, if not all of it, that comes across our southern border comes from China. It originates here. The DEA found out that they had formal agreements, they being China, with the drug cartels to be able to transport that drug across our southern border into the United States. China's never going to try to beat the United States in open military warfare. Oh, quietly, Xi Jinping, he's pretty sure that he could beat us. But they don't have to do that. They're going to kill us from the inside out. They're going to drug the American population, get them hooked on illegal drugs, kill many of them through illegal drugs, diminish our population, our backbone, our uh, willingness to make sure those that govern us do so by the rule of law. They're going to erode that. We turn on each other. They don't need to fire a shot to take over this nation. But in the interim, money, billions Billions, billions of dollars. And there are so many things that just fall out of that beginning thing. 46 migrants found dead in the back of a tractor trailer rig in Texas, suffocated, burned to death. Who knows? But that's just another day in paradise. That happens every day, and we don't hear about it. We hear about Border Patrol finding bodies all over the southern border where people have been trying to do it, not coming in groups, or coming in groups and getting sick, and the cartels just leaving them wherever they are, and they die. Dozens and dozens and dozens. How many others do we not know about? But what we do know is this president and everybody in his administration that's involved in anything to do with money, Border Patrol and law enforcement are in the tank. They are suborning illegal actions every single day. Our forefathers, 
They made it very clear when they were forming our federal government. Even before then, before they even got on the boats and came over here from Europe, they came here to establish a government that would be of the people. In other words, the people control the government, what it does and how it does it. Government by the people, we actually are the bosses of those who we choose to represent us in D.C. to enforce the rules of law and for the people, not for the people that live in the Potomac Valley, not for the people that live in San Francisco and Los Angeles, not for the people that live in Southeast Florida and the big, big mansions there or in Southern California or in Hawaii, for the people, all the people, government for the people. None of that's happening under this president. He's got to go, folks. And those of you that look and say, you're shaking your head, I, I, maybe you agree, I, I, I think he needs to go, damn, but we can't let him go because that would make Kamala Harris, who's vice president, that would make her the president. I don't think she could do any worse. And I think we've got to make a stand somewhere. Don't you? Don't you think that the American people are the ones that should stand up Look what a handful of Americans and people will say, yeah, here's another story. We've heard all weekend, oh, they're burning the nation. The nation's burning down. They're killing people. They're destroying property or whatever. You know who's saying that? CNN, MSNBC, NBC, CBS, ABC News, and the online mainstream outlets. They're the ones that are saying it. And guess what? It's not happening. There are isolated spots where it's happening. It is not even remotely close to what happened in George Floyd's death in the aftermath in the bigger cities in the nation. It's nothing like what happened in Minneapolis. It's nothing like what happened in Portland and Seattle, in Rochester, New York, in Chicago and the Miracle Mile, and in Atlanta, Georgia, and Washington. It's nothing like that. And they're scratching their heads. Oh my gosh, we thought when the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, the nation would just explode into uproar. No, most Americans are not stupid. You politicians, you far-left politicians, you think that you are the only enlightened ones in the country, that everybody that doesn't walk to your drum, listen and embrace your ideals about everything, that don't swallow the peel of far-left ideology. That you're stupid. You're not stupid if you don't believe that, if you don't practice that. You're not at all. You're a self-thinker. You're a smart person. You puzzle through and reason facts out of whatever you see and hear, and you make life choices based on those things. That's who most Americans are. Yeah, there's a big number, but in a nation full of 330 million Americans, a big number could be 30 million people that think like that, 40, 50 million people. And you're barely, if at all, 10% of the population. The rest of the nation, they see, we see, we hear, we watch, we understand. Quit trying to pull the wool over our eyes, but guess what? If you don't try, if you don't quit doing that, 
It doesn't matter because we have marked you as being who you are. We know it. The American people showed the nation, showed the world what we think about governing here when the queen who was supposed to take the crown that was passed by Barack Obama to perpetuate the top-down, full lockdown control government that Barack Obama and Joe Biden began to usher in during their eight years. When the American people said, no, 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 no. We see what you're trying to do. We summarily rejected, elected Donald Trump. And of course, the fix went in and they spent four years doing everything they could to dump him from office when they couldn't do it. They figured what we'll do is we'll fix it so that nobody like him and especially not him will ever come back to the White House. Say what you will. If you've not seen the documentary 2000 Mules, don't you don't have a right to even voice an opinion against what so many people have believed all along since November 3rd, 2020. Something wasn't right in that election. Unless you've done the digging and proven or disproven the evidence that is unbelievably out there in massive volumes. I mean real evidence, provable in a court of law. You can't, you have no right to say a word otherwise. Something happened. The left did some things that took that election away from the American people. Will it happen again? It just depends on how much we, the American people, allow to be acceptable in elections going forward. Man, in 25 minutes, I've covered about two hours of material, haven't I? <laughs> I just get I just get hacked off when this kind of stuff happens. There's another blockbuster Supreme Court decision that uh, may be coming today after the big few that came out, especially on Friday, Roe v. Wade. What is this one? West Virginia versus the Environmental Protection Agency could prove far more consequential even than Roe v. Wade. It could literally upend how our government works for the better. West Virginia v. the EPA. What is it about? It asks whether important policies that impact the lives of all of us, every American, if those policies should even be made by unelected D.C. bureaucrats or by Congress. Which is it? Stuff we're talking about already in the show today. Those were Joe Biden decisions. Those weren't the People's House decisions. This Supreme Court could well decide that ruling by executive agency fiat is no longer acceptable. If you're if you're like me, I got to be honest with you. I hate executive orders. I hate the process. I hate earmarks. Do you know what earmarks are? In the congressional lawmaking process, this is where a piece of legislation comes up to the House Speaker, Nancy Pelosi. And Pelosi, she looks at the draft bill that comes to her desk, and she says, yeah, there's enough substance here. I want to put it in committee. So she puts it in the appropriate committee, and during that committee, do you know what happens when a law is is made, how it is made? It starts like I just described. It goes to the various committee. They look at it in committee. They decide, well, we need to amend it. So they start proposing amendments. 
They vote on those amendments in the committee to even determine if the committee will let that amendment be included in the final draft of the bill. If it is, I mean, there's a plethora of those. And then it goes back to Nancy Pelosi. If that committee, if they agree that as amended, it's ready to go back for consideration to the full House. It goes back to Nancy Pelosi. She decides, or whoever is House Speaker, decides if and when any bill is going to come to be considered by the full House of Representatives. Then, if it gets out there, they start adding amendments. And there's debate on the proposed amendments. And the ones that are approved to be added in, even then, members of the House can come not on the floor of the House, but behind closed doors and propose some earmarks that are nothing more in almost every circumstance other than grab bag dollars to be put out in various ways across these congressional districts as payback for campaign support maybe, or somebody did something for them as a favor and they need to give somebody a favor back. That and executive orders are basically the destructive tool against the rule of law and against government structure that we have. We need to permanently outlaw executive orders, period. No president should have them. Donald Trump shouldn't have had them. No president should go, should even be able to go around the legislative process to create anything that governs the people, not solo. Presidents should be able to do just what everybody else does. If you've got something you want to be considered, maybe to go into practice and become a law or a rule, go through the legislative process. Send it over to the Speaker of the House, the majority leader in the Senate, for discussion. And if they decide it's worthy to even be considered, then consider it. Otherwise, you don't get a shot more than anybody else. You're just a voter until the House and the Senate approve legislation. Only then does it come to a president to be considered. They can veto it. But vetoes, if it goes back to the House and Senate, the president doesn't agree with what they passed, he's not going to sign it into law. There's a process in the government process, lawmaking process to handle situations like that, it can go back to the various houses, House and Senate, and they can override a presidential veto. And it can become law without the president signing it into law. All of this stuff was created to protect the rule of law. But today, we've got at least 220 people in the House of Representatives that most of They don't even give a rip about the rule of law. All they want is what they want. They're willing to do whatever it takes to do to get what they want done. And we're watching it play out on an international scale. There are 46 dead people from the back of a trailer that all they wanted, and here's the heart song thing that they Tell us about every time. We just want these people to be able to get the opportunity to create a better life for themselves and their families. Yeah. So you throw them in a trailer? 
102 degrees outside, probably 120 inside, no refrigeration, no air, no food, no water. That's what you want to do? That's the United States of America that you want to live in? It's okay for them? But you don't have to do it, so it's no big deal. They're doing it. They're dying. You make the laws. You made the laws that keep this kind of thing from happening. The President of the United States refuses to enforce those laws constitutionally. The President and everyone that works for and with him that believes that and has operated within that same group of operating procedures that they've created, which is basically to ignore the law, Every one of those people needs to go immediately, not in the midterms. Go now. Dan, that'll never happen. You're right. It's not going to happen. You know why? Who handles the impeachment process? All impeachment procedures have to be initiated in the U.S. House of Representatives. They develop, if the House Speaker at the time allows it to go through. Yeah, like Nancy Pelosi is going to allow any member of Congress to be impeached. Any president under this administration, this legislature, they're not going to impeach Joe Biden. Nancy Pelosi would never let articles of impeachment be discussed at the House. But should it happen? Should the House come up with articles of impeachment that they vote on? Once they're voted on, they take them across to the U.S. Senate the U.S. Senate leadership then considers if they want those articles to go to the floor of the Senate to be discussed and a determination made there to have a trial on these articles of impeachment. If all that happens, they have a trial. And whoever is being impeached, it doesn't have to be a president. It can be a Supreme Court justice. It could be Alejandro Mayorkas, Homeland Security Secretary. There is a process, and the problem is, the process is amazing if it is allowed to do what it does. But what happens? Politics get in the middle of it. Politics destroys everything to do, or pretty much everything to do with the operations, legal operations of government. Am I hacked off today? I am hacked off today. I'm sick and tired of this. And people are dying because of what Joe Biden is doing. People are dying because of what Alejandro Mayorkas is doing. They're not closing the doors on that 18-wheeler tractor-trailer rig. They're not the ones that are making those people go in there. I get that but the laws that prevent that from happening and prevent it from being acceptable, they are not only themselves ignoring those laws, they're telling the people that work for them, don't enforce those laws. And because of that, 46 people so far are dead in one instance. Is that okay with you? Is it okay with you if the government that you elect lets this kind of stuff happen? I hope not. I hope you're a proponent for enforcing the laws, every law that's passed. If you don't like the law, change it. We have a process for doing that. You can delete it. You can 
You can amend a law. You can change a law that's been passed by a previous House of Representatives and Senate. There are all kinds of ways to do it within the framework of the law. But when any country begins to ignore the laws that have been duly passed under the law, the Constitution of that country, when they begin to do that, look out. It's going to implode. It won't be a takeover by foreign foes. It will be destroyed from the inside out. We're way, way down that road. I'm certain of it. Other big items in the news today, well, they're still after the Roe v. Wade thing. I'm sure you know what that. Let me let me go back and, and tell you what this West Virginia EPA case is about. The case involves what's called the Clean Power Plan. It was adopted under Obama, supposedly to fight climate change. The program was estimated to cost as much as $33 billion a year and would have completely reordered our nation's power grid. State of West Virginia, joined by two coal companies and others, sued the EPA arguing the plan was an abuse of power. By deciding in favor of West Virginia, the court could begin to rein in the big powers of the alphabet agencies in Washington that run our lives and give the power to legislators who we elect to create uh, legislation, right? Just as the Supreme Court ruled in Roe v. Wade that abortion laws are more appropriately left up to the people's elected representatives at the state level, it can decide in West Virginia versus EPA that Congress and not federal agencies should write our laws. A decision that puts Congress in charge would stall environmental rules intended to replace fossil fuels with renewable energy unless and until the U.S. Congress determined and wrote a law to do just that. Instead of the EPA, can you think of any other agencies that are doing this, making their own laws? How about the FDA? How about the CDC? How about Dr. Fauci? What the Supreme Court comes out with regarding West Virginia v. the EPA It will apply across the board. It won't just be the EPA. They will send a message to every branch of government that says only Congress can pass or amend federal laws. The executive branch of government by constitutional structure and edict is the only agency, only branch of the government that can enforce the law. And by the way, They've got to enforce the laws. Now, Democrats have been able to hide the full-end price tag of this abandonment of fossil fuel as our main energy source, and they've done it by creating tax subsidies for renewable energy entities, giving massive grants and government deals to these Uh, solar panel energy companies and wind turbine producers. They do it through subsidies. If consumers had to pay the real cost of wind and solar power, they may not be very enthusiastic about what Biden calls the great transition. Let me give you an idea. Yesterday, I wasn't here doing the show. I had a medical procedure done in north central Texas. Driving back, we drive through a big, huge rural section of Texas. 
And out on the landscape, there were probably two or 300 of those big wind turbines. They look so regal. They're massive in size and all that kind of stuff. And I mentioned a couple of things about that to my driver. Marianne was my driver. I guess it sounds more business-like to say my driver. (laughs) 47 years, she's been my driver. (laughs) Anyway, I leaned over to her and I said, do you know how much each one of those costs? I almost passed out when I'm, when I heard previously, $2.3 million, $2.3 million to build one and to install one. That's not the cost of leasing the land that it's put on. That's just to build it and put it up. $2.3 million. There probably were a hundred of those across that section of Texas. Maybe more. You think about what it costs to put those in those. Well, the companies that do it, they get massive massive grants from the federal government. Why? Because it's going, it's helping in the transition to renewable energies. It's going to save us money. It's going to keep the environment friendly and clean. Nobody wants to talk about those things only have at maximum a 10-year shelf life. What happens to one of those turbine wind things when it's no longer, when it's worn out, what do they do with it? None of it, not one piece of it is renewable. None of it can be recycled. Do you know that? Did they tell you that? No. Every square inch of that vehement, this monstrous thing in the air that is stories high, millions of pounds the structure weighs, it just either has to lay in the ground or in a big hole or whatever, and it's always going to be there. It doesn't disintegrate. None of them. They can't find a way to recycle them. But wait a minute. They're supposed to clean up our environment. Well, they do, I think, a little bit because they replace a little bit of that fossil fuel But the book's still out on exactly long-term, and it's not for 100 or 200 years. It's in perpetuity. Those things will lay somewhere. How environmentally unsafe is that? That's just one example. So to further their climate agenda, Democrats have been able to hide that price tag. If we had to pay the real cost of wind and solar power, We wouldn't be going so heavily and fast after solar energy. A ruling in favor of West Virginia, what would it do? It would reverse a decades-long trend in which Congress has handed off to federal agencies their decisions that our legislators refuse or they're unable to make. Yeah, let's just let Joe Biden make all those final decisions. you got to understand something. Very seldom is it ever just Joe Biden or whoever else is sitting in that desk in the Oval Office. It's a bunch of unelected bureaucrats. Many of them have served in elected positions. Do you know that some of the most evil people in Congress, when they leave Congress, they stay in Washington, D.C. They go to work on K Street, which is just around the corner from the White House. What is K Street? That's where all of these law firms Dozens of these massive law firms, they're all along K Street. And here's what they do. If you got a problem, you need to sue somebody. Don't dare try to get 
a meeting with a lawyer in any of these firms because they don't do that. What they do is they lobby. They go around the world finding governments and major corporations that want access to members of the U.S. Congress and whatever administration is in power. They want to do things, good things for these very powerful political people. And so these people that formerly were in Congress, they go to work at these lobbying firms because they can provide access to their former fellow members of Congress, especially those in positions of power. And these corporations, these governments, they want access, they want to impact government decisions of the United States of America that they can possibly get to occur in their favor. There are trillions of dollars that come through the hands of these lobbyists on K Street. Where does that money go? Most of it goes in the pockets of lobbyists and those that the lobbyists spend money to buy and garner influence on legislative matters. Now, it is a direct violation of federal law, federal law, lobbying laws, of course, who passes them. It's the members of Congress that get the money from these lobbyists. So you know the laws that they craft, they're doing it only because they want to tell the voters, oh, we're stopping that horrible lobbying process. They can't get direct payment to them. Oh, no, no, no. Probably the wealthiest guy in D.C. is the guy that finds ways to dig loopholes into those campaign and lobbying laws and regulations. They craft and they find these ways to work around it. Sheldon Whitehouse, you know who he is. Who's he? Is he from Rhode Island? He's a U.S. Senator, he's on the Senate Judiciary Committee. He is a pontificator. He is a pompous guy. I'll never forget when Brett Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett, when they were in their confirmation hearings for their positions on the Supreme Court, both cases, when he was questioning them, he pulled up these charts, and all he wanted to talk about was dark money in politics, dark money, dark money, dark money. What is that? It's a super PAC. The difference between a PAC, a political action committee, and a super PAC is every donation that comes into a PAC, a political action committee, it has to be revealed, identified to the Federal Election Commission Committee, and it's, it's, it's reported nationally. Anybody can have access to who those contributors are and how much they gave, and there are regulations on the amounts that they can get. So they created super PACs. Why did they do that? Well, super PACs don't have to divulge where the money comes from. That's dark money. So Sheldon, he gets up and pontificates, oh, we've got to stop this dark money. This big, big lobbying firm that every Republican president that comes in when they've got a vacancy on the Supreme Court, they let this lobbying firm tell them, do the dirty work and digging or whatever and tell the president, whoever it is at the time, we want this person to be considered. And look at the money these dark groups have been giving to these Republican causes. This proves something. Sheldon Whitehouse, come to find out, 
he's the recipient of more dark money than any other member on the Senate Judiciary Committee. And it's stuff like that that just frost every American. There is so much unscrupulous money being passed around, it's impossible to keep up with how much is there. You know what? That was the fundamental saving grace for Donald Trump. Why? Because he was a multi-billionaire when he moved into the White House. He was a multi-billionaire when he moved out, although his net worth had dropped significantly in four years. Why? Because he was working for us instead of working for himself. Nevertheless, he still drives nice cars, has some great places to live. (laughs) He's doing okay. He didn't need anything from anybody. That's one reason why the left hated him and still do so desperately because he was not and is not for sale. The rest of them up there? (laughs) I don't know, folks. I can't vouch for any of them, including some that I know, some that are friends of mine, and some you hear here on TNN Live. I can't vouch for them. I have opinions, but until and unless I would have access to some bank account balances, I couldn't say for sure. You suspect evil about anything. You suspect evil about 46 migrants dying, suffocating in the back of a tractor trailer rig in South Texas. Follow the money, the love of money is the root of all evil. And now back to John with the weather. Yes, Andy. Tonight, a big storm. Storm this! Get the soccer offer from Pizza Hut and Pepsi. With every two medium pan Super Supreme, you'll get a real soccer ball and four cans of Pepsi for free. Yes, a real soccer ball and four cans of Pepsi for free. Don't miss the Pizza Hut and Pepsi soccer offer. With every two medium pan Super Supreme, you get a real soccer ball and four cans of Pepsi for free. What about the weather, Andy? Don't resist and call 19,000 now. Few things bring as much joy as the delicious taste of Coca-Cola. Like your first time camping or falling in love on a blind date. And now, our new Coke bottles are sip-sized and made from 100% recycled materials. So every bottle can live on to create more memories. That's endlessly refreshing. Coca-Cola. Bottles are made from 100% recycled materials excluding cap and label. Enjoy the great taste of Coca-Cola in a new sip-sized bottle that's made of 100% recycled materials. What up, y'all? It's DJ Envy, and I'm teaming up with Turtle Wax this summer to make sure your rides are clean, shiny, protected, and even disinfected. Because whether you're hitting the streets or heading out on the highway to the beach, Turtle Wax will make sure your vehicle is looking, smelling, and feeling amazing. Turtle Wax is the only brand that I trust with my fleet of supercars. And y'all know how many cars I keep in my garage, right? Check out TurtleWax.com to learn more, and be sure to buy now at TurtleWax.com or anywhere you shop for car care. Are you sure we should be out here? It's pretty cloudy. Come on, that'll pass. Really? I don't know. Yeah, That's just, just swing. I'm holding swing. a... Swing! <sighs> Bob? Whoa. Looks like someone could have used Yahoo OneSearch on his mobile phone. Try Yahoo OneSearch and get news, sports, even weather. Get better results. Text weather and your zip code to 92466. Be a better golfer. Yahoo! Standard carrier text messaging rates apply. No identity politics, no political elitism. Read and hear the truth, always sourced from facts. 
Real truth, real news, TNN, the Truth News Network. OMG, you can't make this up. You can't make this up. With our opening today when we were talking about all of the uh, untruths that we know are there that we just can't quite get our fingers on about what's going on around us, Peter in California just sent me this little nice thing. Do you remember the name Michael Stinger? Michael Stinger. Michael was the sergeant of arms, sergeant of arms in Congress, in the Senate. He was in charge of protecting the Senate during the Capitol riot. He was the guy that, you know, he was getting a bunch of flack because he didn't really protect the people he was supposed to protect. Well, there was a, uh, if you remember, the January 6th committee was going to have another hearing and they postponed it. They postponed it, they told us, because there were some problems with one of the witnesses that were being uh, threatened for life problems and they just wanted to put it off a while. They called this very sudden, we're going to do that committee hearing and it was supposed to be yesterday. Guess what happened? The star witness was supposed to be Michael Stinger. Michael died of a heart attack yesterday. Hmm. <laughs> if it was, if there was a Clinton involved in it, you know what would be said, said, being said around the world. He got suicided. No, they weren't involved in this one. And I don't know what happened to Michael. And I'm, I'm just saying sometimes. When something looks like it should stink and it doesn't stink, it still means that it's something that normally stinks and somebody sprayed some bathroom spray on it so you don't smell it. You know what I mean? You know exactly what I mean. It's a conspiracy theory, but what part of it isn't? Michael Stinger is dead. Sergeant at Arms of the Senate. Oh my gosh. Speaking of Hillary, she's in the news a little bit today. She got a real wonderful prize yesterday, the dumbest tweet of the day. And Twitter actually has a category they uh, they label with that. She won it yesterday. So while the pro-abortion side flips the script and accuses this Supreme Court of being activists, motivated by religious beliefs, In reality, folks, Roe was a representation of judicial activism on display for nearly 50 years, has little or no basis in constitutional law. We were told, and and everybody needs to understand this, we were told all along the way by constitutional experts exactly if somebody was going to have a case that would work its way to the Supreme Court that had any possibility of overturning Roe v. Wade, It would be one that dealt directly with abortion. Roe v. Wade and its finding back in 1973 wasn't about abortion. Abortion wasn't part of the conversation. What was, was determining by the court that a woman's health care, health care, and abortion wasn't even delineated in the finding, Determination of a woman's health care is her exclusive and sole right. And so Dobbs, the Mississippi case, it addressed that very thing. And bam! Roe v. Wade got overturned. So where did Hillary weigh into this? Well, 
Hillary, um, she goes to social media kind of regularly. I will tell you this. And when I decided to share this story with you, this Bill Clinton, he is a member of Truth News Network. So he gets all of our shows and he gets everything that we write. And so somebody somewhere is going to tell him, hey, that guy at Truth News Network, he's uh, he's bashing on Hillary today. <laughs> but hey, she said this. I didn't. She tweeted this. It shouldn't be harder to obtain an abortion than an AR-15. <laughs> it shouldn't be harder to an obtain an abortion than an AR-15. The irony here is that for some, buying an AR-15 just got a little more difficult on Saturday. Joe Biden signed the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act into law after the gun control bill was passed by the Democrat-controlled Congress with the help of a handful of squishy Republicans. And so the irony of this is that Clinton initially responded to the overturn of Roe with language that put the decision on par with the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor and the beginning of World War II, saying most Americans believe the decision to have a child is one of the most sacred decisions there is and that such decisions should remain between patients and their doctors. Today's Supreme Court opinion will live in infamy as a step backward for women's rights and human rights. Of all the responses to Clinton's dumb tweet, U.S. Representative Lauren Boebert, Republican of Colorado, may have offered the best when she tweeted, tell me you've never purchased an AR-15 without telling me. <laughs> but radio host Mike Mason he, uh, he ran a close second. He, sa- he said this. He tweeted this. Just when you think you've seen the dumbest tweet, Hillary logs on to Twitter. Here are some other responses to her. Hillary Clinton wants to make it easier to kill a defenseless, unborn human being than to purchase a gun. And this one. Every time you tweet something from the cavernous depths of that empty, dank, rotting catacomb you call a head... I whisper a little prayer, thanking God you never became president. And then Bino tweeted this. I'll admit this is probably the best comment that could possibly be said to her. (laughs) Daniel Greenfield. You want it to be easier to commit murder than to buy a gun? Irene R. Mendez. Do you need a three-day FBI waiting period to get an abortion? I don't think so. (laughs) Uh, The American people are not stupid, folks. Americans have come to life. And we're at this point. I honestly, if you've been with us from the very beginning, even before we started truthnewsnet.org on Facebook, if you were a Facebook friend of mine for years, I wrote exhaustively about things like this. And a long time ago, a huge, a huge majority of Americans decided that Roe v. Wade, abortion in itself, had been weaponized and it was getting more egregious and dirtier and nastier. And when all the truths became public in the in the public domain about Planned Parenthood buying and selling specific baby parts and partial birth abortions were created to facilitate that quote unquote industry when more and more of those facts just became public, people began to say, you know what? 
this thing's gotten out of hand. This can't stand. More and more people said, this is crazy. And people were saying that, but people weren't taking actions on it. The militant people in that whole thing were always the ones on the left that kept pushing the line, pushing the line further and further and further toward nastier and more evil and more evil. But about the time we started truthnewsnet.org, the very beginning of the Trump presidency, people on the conservative side of abortion and other issues began to speak up. And Americans are sick and tired of the people on the left dominating. And we saw and have seen since last Friday exactly who they are. They do not give a rip about the rule of law. They don't give a rip about facts. They demand and they expect only the things that they want and nothing else. Nothing else is okay. Nothing else is allowable. You determine that you want to take away something they think should be, oh my gosh, they'll do everything they can in their power to destroy you, not having anything to do with that specific issue. The only thing that matters is they don't want that. So you can't do that. If we don't want it, anybody that thinks otherwise and tries to do it any other way is evil and must be destroyed. You're watching that play out every day on an international stage. Evil is exposing itself in a greater way than at any other time in our lives. And for those of you that have been shaking your head and looking down at the ground and you're like, OMG, Oh my God, what's this world coming to? It's time to pick your head up and look to the skies from whence your salvation comes. God has this. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You can't create truth. None of us can. Oh, we can talk about the truth but our talking about it doesn't speak it into existence. God does that. And you can bet any human being, anytime, almost without exception, there are some, but anytime somebody begins to scream and holler and make demands, what they're screaming and hollering for is something that is not good. It's not right. And they're trying to impact other people to become like-minded as they are. Americans are turning away from that in greater droves than ever. Listen to what's happening overseas. You know, the G7 summit's been going on. We're finding out from these people in Europe they're more realistic than the United States leadership is. That may surprise some of you, but it, it, it really doesn't mean. After a warning from the head of three big power companies, the government of France, they announced yesterday, very quietly at the G7, hey, we're going to restart a coal-fired plant this winter. Germany said the same thing yesterday. So the France, the one in France, a coal-fueled, power plant in the northeast section of France. 
is going to be restarted by the country's government this winter. Why are they doing it? To better combat energy insecurity, resulting in uh, part the hostilities of Russia in Europe. The announcement that the St. of Old plant will be brought back online comes shortly after the heads of three major energy companies in France warned the government the general public must immediately cut back on energy use to better enable officials to better handle energy insecurity. Those government officials have said the coal-fired plant is being brought back into service as a precaution given the Ukrainian situation. And then Germany said, you know what? We can't afford what, what uh, Russia's been charging us for our natural gas and our electricity. They came out and said, we're restarting our coal energy plants for the same reason France did. Why is that, folks? Why is that? I thought this clean energy stuff that has been pitched by the left for years and years and years and John Kerry's out there in the most hypocritical government thing going on on planet Earth and probably world history trying to tell everybody because you don't fly in a corporate jet because you weren't lucky enough to marry uh, Teresa Hines Carey who's a multi-billionaire and you aren't lucky enough to have your own fleet of jets and you can't fly around the world. You can't even, you shouldn't be flying and burning any kind of carbon fuel. You need to turn in your cars and buy an electric car. If you don't, it's because you're a serious sycophant and a fly in the ointment of what we know is best for the United States and the world. What is that? 100% renewable energy, which is freaking impossible to do at least in this century. Those people in this administration that have just swallowed this hook, line, and sinker, they are making themselves more and more and more obviously out of control with the realities of life today. And Americans, every day, more and more are awakening. Because why? We're watching all of these things that they have been teaching are the only things to do, the only ways to do any of it. And anybody that thinks otherwise is just one of those evil, now Joe Biden's term has gone from MAGA crazy to super MAGA supporters. And if you're one of those people, you subscribe to what the orange man thinks You're unworthy to even breathe the same air as the rest of us. And every day, another million Americans wake up and say, you know what, none of this, and I started to say the S word, but I don't say that. I'll just say it the nice way. All this crap that they've been serving to us for decades is not true. It does not work. It is unfeasible. And even to make it worse, what we're finding out is there's money in it all for the people who have the power, at least right now, to make the decisions to force our nation to go in that direction. The love of money is the root of all evil. Now, speaking of that, guess what comes out? We got some new Hunter Biden information. Well, it's really not new. It was on Hunter's laptop. And what would it be that was on Hunter's laptop? It would be a voicemail. From who? Hunter's daddy. Who would that be? 
Joe Biden. And I don't want to tell you what what he said and what he meant. It would be easier for me to let you listen to Joe Biden's voicemail. And let me set this up for you. This was in the midst of it coming out that Hunter's got some, he's got some, well, some problems because he's been dealing with some of the most evil, pernicious people of China, big money people connected with the Chinese Communist Party. And it came out in the United States of America. And it looks like Hunter may be in some trouble for dealing with one of these specific Chinese oligarchs. And Joe, because Joe is Joe Biden, you know, former vice president, 34, 36, 300 years in the Senate, I don't know, a long time in the U.S. Senate. He's Joe Biden. He's the big guy. He can open any door and he can close any door. And Hunter, what I want to tell you is your dad. Well, just listen to Joe speak to Hunter. He can say it better than I could. Hey, Palace Dad, it's 8.15 um, on uh, Wednesday night. If you get a chance, give me a call. Nothing, nothing urgent. just want to talk to you. I thought the article, at least the thing on online, is going to be printed tomorrow in time. It was good. I think you're clear. And, uh, anyway, um, if you get a chance, give me a call. I love you. That was Joe Biden there leaving a voicemail for his son, Hunter. The Daily Mail leaked the voicemail from 2018, where the president seems to have confirmed that he knew of some of his son's business dealings. The voicemail was obtained from Hunter Biden's laptop, which came to international prominence after he dropped it off to a repair shop in Wilmington, Delaware, in April 2019. The contents of the laptop unveiled numerous personal scandals for Hunter, including a tangled web of overseas financial deals he was involved in. However, the content inside was wildly buried by the mainstream media and dismissed as fake news ahead of the 2020 election, but has in the last few months been verified as authentic. His father, Joe Biden, has long maintained he has had no knowledge of his son's business deals and has also denied that his son made money in China. However, this leaked voicemail contradicts that, as the president calls his son to say that he thinks he is clear after the New York Times had published an article relating to a Chinese oil tycoon Hunter had met with. The voicemail states, Hey pal, it's dad. It's 8.15 on Wednesday night. If you get a chance, just give me a call. Nothing urgent. I just wanted to talk to you. I thought the article released online, it's going to be printed tomorrow in the Times, was good. I think you're clear. And anyway, if you could get a chance, give me a call. I love you. Within this New York Times article published in December 2018, it details how a Chinese oil tycoon named Yi Jinming courted the Biden family and networked with other big Washington names. The article states how Mr. Jinming had rebranded his business as CEFC China Energy and wanted access to the corridors of power in Washington. Hunter is mentioned in the article when it details how Yi Jingming met privately with Hunter Biden in Miami in May 2017, where a partnership to invest in American infrastructure and energy deals was proposed. This took place while Hunter was managing Rosemont Seneca Partners with his business partner Chris Hines, who claimed he didn't have any knowledge of CEFC. However, in March this year, an article written by the Washington Post revealed more details of this partnership that the New York Times hadn't known back in 2018. 
The Post article reported Hunter Biden received millions of dollars from the Chinese energy company, despite not having any qualifications for the role. Over the course of 14 months from 2017, CEFC paid $4.8 million to entities controlled by Hunter Biden and his uncle James. Hunter was on the receiving end of a $1 million retainer for the representation of a CEFC official named Patrick Ho. This is the same Patrick Ho who was detailed in the New York Times article as one of Yi Jingming's top lieutenants. Mr Ho would subsequently go on to be charged by the US government in connection to a scheme to bribe leaders from Chad and Uganda. Text messages from the laptop also indicated that Hunter Biden freaked out when the Times were asking about a connection between Patrick Ho and him. Those text messages show Hunter saying, you did an incredible job keeping this basically to a big fat nothing in relation to his attorney steering NECFC attention away from the Biden family. Hunter is still under federal investigation for possible tax fraud by the DOJ. We don't know what Hunter is all being investigated by the DOJ. In fact, to be quite honest with you, because of the structure of this government in the Biden administration, because Merrick Garland is the attorney general, and he is the most feckless attorney general in my lifetime. I don't know another one that was so much in the tank, even close to being there, as is this guy. They may have just closed the book on investigating Hunter Biden, simply because if Joe Biden said, hey, Merrick, hey, by the way, you didn't get a chance to be uh, on the Supreme Court, but I'm the president. Did you hear I got elected president? Just want to remind you of that. I have the power to give you opportunity to be one of us, to be a power junkie, a power broker. And you know that stuff that's going on about Hunter Biden and there being some open investigations happening? Well, I was thinking about finding a new attorney general, somebody that hadn't really been mentioned about being a candidate. And I thought of you. I thought, you know what? Merrick Garland might would make a good attorney general. I thought he should have gotten a nod to be on the Supreme Court. But uh, that old Mitch McConnell, right at the end of our second four years, me and Barack's at the top, Mitch McConnell got in the way and wouldn't let you be considered. So I think you probably, I, you know, I don't have an opening for the Supreme Court. But uh, I do have an opening at the Department of Justice. And you know what? I was thinking I'd like you to fill that position. But I want you to remember, if you get that, and I'll, I'll think about nominating you, and we'll see what the Department of, uh, excuse me, the uh, uh the judicial committee determines on your nomination, but I'll I'll put it, I'll pull all of my my chits from all of the members of the Democrat Party that are on that committee, and we'll do our best to get you confirmed. But you got to remember about Hunter and what's going on there. Okay, you just got to remember about it. I guarantee you, something like that was stated, maybe not by the president directly. But somebody said that. Why? Because if it was Hunter Biden being investigated like Hunter Biden and all of this stuff should have been investigated, it'd have been an open book. It'd have been everywhere. The Department of Justice is wide open. There are whistleblowers and leakers that are abundant anytime anything has to do with the potential wrongdoing of any Republican. 
but everybody's Democrat now, so we scratch each other's back. That music played behind the Joe Biden part of that voicemail. So I'm going to play just that. It's like 10 or 15 seconds. I'm going to play just that for you again. Turn your sound up. Make sure you hear what President Biden was saying in his voicemail that he left for Hunter. Hey, pals, Dad. It's 8.15 on uh, Wednesday night. If you get a chance, give me a call. Nothing nothing urgent. Just want to talk to you. I thought the article released the thing on online. It's going to be printed tomorrow time. It's good. I need you clear. And uh, anyway, um, if you get a chance, give me a call. I love you. I think you're clear, he said. What would he be referencing? Can you think of anything other than, hey, I know there's been some looking into your past, but I think you're in the clear and what was uh, behind the scenes of what he said had to be information they both shared mutually about anything possible that may have been going on to protect Hunter Biden when all of this came public. This is in 2018 now. I think you're in the clear. How would anybody say that unless they knew something was up? Quid pro quo. There's a reason why Joe Biden has carried that moniker his entire political career. You do something for me, I'll do something for you. Some other things happening at that G7. French President Emmanuel Macron. He cornered Big Joe in a hot mic moment yesterday. That uh, it worsened Americans' concerns about the escalation of the energy crisis, only to have the leader of the free world seemingly fail to appreciate the gravity of Macron's message. Now, what was that all about? There's a video that Joe didn't know was out there. In the video, Macron can be seen interrupting Joe in discussion with National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan as they were walking by a press gaggle. And you could hear this. I had a call with MBZ, the French leader begins, referencing United Arab Emirates President Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed Al Nahan. That's called MBZ for short. He told me two things, Macron said. One, I'm at a maximum, maximum production capacity, what he claims. Second, according to MBZ, the Saudis can increase a little bit by 150 or a little bit more, and they don't have huge capacities at least before six months' time. The very last one is about what we do on the Russian oil. He attempted to continue before Jake interceded and said, careful, maybe we should just step inside because of the cameras. Ooh, we don't want the American people or the French people to hear what we're saying out here because, you know, we got to make our decisions based on what's best for us first. And we don't want them to hear the whole fact string. We'll tell them what they need to know, not what the whole truth is. In a lengthy thread on Twitter, author Michael Schellenberger He delved into the implications of this exchange between the world leaders and first emphasized Biden was counting on Arab nations to produce more oil before suggesting it appears to be a direct appeal to Biden to produce more oil. 
Hmm. According to this author, this is a game-changing revelation since Biden was counting on Saudi Arabia and the UAE. They were the only two OPEC countries perceived to have any spare capacity. The current production was reported as 3.168 million barrels a day. According to Reuters, their capacity is 3.4 million, and they've been working to increase it to 4 million. By comparison, Saudi Arabia produces roughly 10.5 million per day with a capacity somewhere between 12 to 12.5 million. Consumers in Europe utilized as much as 2 million barrels per day of crude oil that was imported from Russia, 2 million barrels of refined products prior to the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Schellenberger went on to state, Macron's revelation means it's up to the U.S. to produce more oil, and soon, or the energy crisis is going to get much worse. The Saudi ministry, uh, energy minister, confirmed, saying, in light of recent media reports, I would like to clarify that the UAE is producing near to maximum production capacity based on current OPEC production baseline, which UAE is committed by until the end of the agreement. Biden's refusal to expand oil and gas production in the U.S. in the midst of the worst energy crisis in 50 years was insane, even before Macron's revelation to Joe yesterday. Now, if Biden doesn't act, he is effectively renouncing America's standing as a leader of the free world. It's an insane thing that it looks like, and it looks like it's real. Schellenberger went on to suggest Biden's demeanor made it unclear if the president even appreciated the gravity of what he was being told before he noted that Macron as a canny politician was deliberate in catching his American counterpart on a hot mic, perhaps as a way to pressure Biden to finally do something. Biden seemed a bit unclear how to respond to that news. But even with that, oil prices rose by nearly 2% to clear $115 a barrel once again. Furthermore, as markets continue to worsen, Biden's lackluster gas tax holiday proposal would barely make a dent in the burden being foisted upon the average American. But here's what everybody's missing. The only concern by anybody in this administration about what you and I think and how we feel on any issue, not just oil and gas, but on any other one, is the way it will impact them politically. If the American people get so upset with me that they want to throw me out of office, I can't let that happen, so maybe we need to think about changing something. If there's confidence that everything's going to be okay and it's just a speed bump in the role of this administration, ain't going to do nothing they don't want to do. That's just the way it rolls. That's what happens, folks. Yesterday, yesterday afternoon on Cudlow and Fox Business, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy of California argued 
that a proposed climate rule by the SEC, Securities and Exchange Commission, that requires public companies to report their carbon emissions, McCarthy said that, if it was passed, could do the biggest long-term damage of any Biden policy because it will massively increase costs, spawn large amounts of lawsuits, and decrease even further American competitiveness against China. McCarthy said, we have a separation of branches of government, but what he's doing, this SEC, could be the biggest long-term damage there is. They're saying not only your business, you have to rate it. Who do you do business with in some other countries? You can't score that, but everyone's going to get sued over it. What do you think that's going to cost? What do you think the regulations are that are there? And it's going to make us less competitive against China. This is the problem with this administration. They have no solutions. And to be quite honest with you, more and more of the American population are screaming that exact frame. They have no solutions. Oh, everybody wants to pontificate about the problems. We know this. And what Joe does, he does just what he learned how to do when he was vice president for Barack Obama for eight years. Everything that any other politician does, we take credit for it. It happened on our watch. We're Joe Biden and Barack Obama. We're the ones that were president and vice president, and everything good that happened, it was because of us. Everything that happens bad? Oh, we had nothing to do with that. That was a carryover Bush 43 decision. Or we tried to get Congress to agree with us, and they chose to go the other way. It's their fault. Joe Biden takes responsibility for none of the bad stuff that's happening in the nation. Have you heard of one? If you have, raise your hand. Nobody's raising their hand. I guess nobody remembers. I don't. I don't remember him taking one iota of responsibility for anything that is bad that has happened on his watch in his administration. 46 people died yesterday in a tractor-trailer rig in South Texas because Joe Biden refuses to have his Department of Justice, his Department of Homeland Security, his Border Patrol to just simply enforce the laws, the immigration laws that the U.S. Congress passed and previous presidents signed into law. Those laws that were passed when Joe Biden for 34 years was a member of the U.S. Senate, they passed those laws and he won't even enforce the own, his own laws that he, he passed. People are dying. Literally, people are dying. Trillions of dollars being wasted of taxpayer money because Joe Biden unilaterally personally does it and then has people that work for him in various administration positions ignore the same laws themselves. Senator Mike Lee he weighed in yesterday on the SEC, SEC's thing over that climate rule. Lee said the SEC is doing this because the SEC believes it can get away with it, at least for the time being. They're trying to help further the accomplishment of a really aggressive far-left environmentalist agenda through this movement. Now look, there are some impediments in the 
ESG movement that's been very effective so far at trying to thwart American energy independence, in addition to pursuing a whole bunch of other leftist agendas, separate and apart from those connected to global warming, what we need to do is overhaul the Environmental Protection Agency or abolish it and replace it with something new, starting from scratch. That is what we will do. And he added, so look, if they proceed down this road, number one, there will be litigation. Litigation that I suspect they're going to lose. Number two, regardless of the outcome of the election, of that litigation, elections that will come this November will help us ensure there are lasting consequences to the SEC. The SEC, as we now know it, may not even be around very much longer. Why is that such a good deal? Let me tell you the the sole reason. The sole reason. Politicization of anything and everything, even if it's something good, it forces the bureaucracy to grow big, to expand, and the costs for doing it continue to climb and climb and climb, and more and more people get their hands and their fingers and their thumbs in it, and that means it's going to cost more and more and more, and even if it was effective on the front end, by the time they get through messing with it, it's absolutely worthless. There's some good news coming out of Washington, D.C. I was so excited yesterday when I heard that high school football coach Joe Kennedy He got a positive outcome in his case at the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court sided with him six to three for praying on the field, a football field, after games. He was fired as varsity assistant coach at Bremerton High School. And as the junior varsity head coach, because he refused to quit praying on the 50-yard line following games. Now, one would think, you know, he's got the team out there. They're praying. The separation of church and state, you can't do that, yada, yada. That wasn't what was happening. He was out there and would kneel and pray by himself quietly. And they fired him. Kennedy held the victory as an elevation for all Americans in their freedom of religion and their freedom of speech. My elevation is nothing, he said. This is an elevation for all Americans. Nobody is any more important than anyone else. My rights are the same as everybody's, and I was just exercising mine. So I'm glad the rest of the justices took a look at it, looked at the facts of the case, and realized this is no big deal. This is a guy just being thankful after a football game. I mean, everybody is blowing up my phone saying, hey, we won. Because that's what it was. We all won. Every single American is one with this. That's why there won't be any riots or anything like that or a protest. Because every American has the exact same rights according to the First Amendment. But don't go looking at CNN. Don't even go questioning what they think about the Supreme Court finding on this yesterday. In the next half hour before the show ends, we're going to tell you what they think about what was going on. But this next topic, I wanted to make sure that we got this one because this one is world changing. This one has set the world on fire. What's it about? It's about that little girl 
the daughter of that newly elected Republican in South Texas to the United States Congress. First born in Mexico, person to serve, be elected into the U.S. Congress, immigrated legally to the United States, created a life in Texas, ran for Congress, and upset an opponent. No Republican has served in this district in the last century. And as big a story as that is, what has kind of dwarfed that miracle story and that really courageous story about that Mexican immigrant actually exercising the American dream that says anybody can come here from any place on the planet, work hard, and can achieve anything in the U.S. that they want to. But you got to do it legally. And she did. So that means she's going to be a member of the U.S. House of Representatives, right? Who's the Speaker of the House who runs this show? Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Nancy got busted in some videos when they were doing some picture times for this new member of the House of Representatives, and Pelosi was standing next to the representative's two daughters. And Pelosi actually elbowed one of the youngsters to get her to move away from Pelosi in the picture, and that has gone viral worldwide. Listen to this. Newly elected Republican Congresswoman Myra Flores calls out House Speaker Nancy Pelosi after appearing to shove her young daughter during a swearing-in ceremony. I was very disappointed and very disgusted by it. No child should be pushed to the side for a photo. But my message to Nancy Pelosi is that we're going to push her and her friend, Vicente Gonzalez, in November. Tommy Laren joins us now. Tommy, good morning to you. So you see the video, and now you have Pelosi's Deputy Chief of Staff, Drew Hamill, coming to the Speaker's defense, saying it's sad to see news outlets that know better misrepresent the Speaker's effort to ensure Representative Flores' daughter wouldn't be hidden behind her in all of the photos of such an important moment for their family. Uh, what do you make of this? I mean, the video is pretty cut and dried there. I've never seen someone try to move someone with their elbow before in <laughs> such a delicate and loving way. But, you know, what this really reminds me of, guys, is that part of The Grinch Stole Christmas when the Grinch sees Cindy Lou Who and, and she says, why are you taking our tree? And the Grinch says, I'm just taking it back to the shop to fix some of the lights. <laughs> that is exactly what Nancy Pelosi and her team are trying to pull here. The video is cut and dried. She's clearly elbowing the little girl out of the way for what whatever reason, it doesn't look good. And I wish that some of the time Nancy Pelosi would just answer for herself. She always does all of this through her comms team, including addressing her husband's DUI. I think Nancy needs to speak about it. If in fact, she really was just trying to do the right thing and fix the Christmas tree, then let's hear it from Nancy herself. <laughs> the little girl stands there with her hands on her hips, resolute. It was, uh, it was just as much a display of, of the little girl being strong like her mom said. Um, she basically didn't take it, didn't take the shove. She moved right back in the spot where she wanted to be. All right, Tommy, moving on. A high school football coach uh, will be able to pray on the field after the Supreme Court ruled he was wrongfully punished for doing so. Let's take a listen to his reaction. I think every American should have the, the same freedoms of everybody else. The First Amendment is very clear. And I just, I think it's awesome that, um, for, that this was a big win. And it pr totally protects all Americans. So 
I, I don't expect to be any rioting whatsoever on this. I think everybody should be partying right now and just saying, hey, the First Amendment is live and well for all Americans, people of faith, different faiths, or no faith at all. We just gave you the story about that football coach, but what I wanted you to hear is what people saw the Pelosi moving, nudging the girl to the side, what it actually was. How did Pelosi respond? Well, she never responds to stuff like this personally. She always has a a spokesperson respond in her behalf. Time for the hot topic buzz. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi responded to claims that she pushed the daughter of newly elected Republican Congresswoman Meyer Flores at her swearing-in ceremony. Pelosi says she was actually trying to ensure the girl remained in frame. Mercedes, your reaction. (laughs) So I love watching all the Twitter activity around it because they do like the slow motion video of the speaker. I got to tell you, what was she thinking? Like, don't nudge the child. I think she almost thought that she had Congresswoman Flores on her side and not this beautiful girl who literally just, it didn't even phase her. So I give kudos to uh, Congresswoman Flores' daughter who just stood there and was like, look, lady, I know you're speaker, but my mom is much cooler than you. I, I will give her the Ryan credit. Like something had to be going through her mind other than I'm just going to shove the kid. And maybe it, I, I don't know, because again, it's like a grandmotherly thing. You know, it's like, hey, you're not in, I I don't know. I just find it hilarious that I get to watch this over and over again in (laughs) slow-mo. Ryan. I think it, I think it's just like the unbridled ambition, even in her 80s. She's happy to push anyone out of the spotlight to be in the spotlight. So <laughs> I guess in a weird way, you almost have to admire that, um, that she is still that ambitious after all these years. Doesn't matter how young the kid is. Get me in the frame, please. The, the child was in her shadow, if you watch that. <laughs> that totally. uh, that uh, Nancy was kind Dang of standing again. in front of, of her, and she shoved her yeah. to get I think something had to be going through her head. She needed than, to, like, no, she had to... She had to be gentle, gentle and just push her forward, but not the, the nudge didn't work. I mean, it just doesn't work, especially in this hyper-political See? world that we're living in right now. No, I agree. And it's a child, and it's not your grandchild, so <laughs> paws off or elbow off. I But something had to be going through her head. Or maybe it's like her husband got the DUI in the Porsche 911 and apparently not only had been drinking, but had recently had cataract surgery and shouldn't have been behind the wheel. How about that? Which we found out in the New York Times. About uh, Nancy Pelosi and um, her never, never defending herself when something comes up like this. She always has somebody on her staff defend it. Got this comment during uh, that soundbite, obviously Nancy's cleanup crew is at work, and I wouldn't be surprised if there were threats made. <laughs> Nancy's, she's known to be pretty tough even to her own staff. Man, the day is going so quickly. Got a couple of more goodies for you next. Real Truth, Real News, TNN, the Truth News Network. Oh, 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 right. 
We may not be able to lower the cost of gas, but we can do something about how many miles you will drive per gallon. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store today and let us help you increase the performance of your car or truck. Simple things like replacing your air filter, changing worn-out spark plugs, and using fuel injector cleaner can add up to better fuel economy and big savings. There's an O'Reilly Auto Parts store close to you that has the name brands, low prices, and people who can help. Restore lost fuel economy and eliminate rough idle with Lucas Fuel Injector Cleaner. Right now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, buy two and get one free. Lucas Fuel Injector Cleaner quickly cleans clogged injectors to increase fuel efficiency and help your vehicle run smooth. Lucas Fuel Injector Cleaner, buy two, get one free at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply, see store for details. I'm Papa John, pizza maker. The quality of every ingredient is important to me. Like the sweet, juicy pineapple and pulled ham hock that refreshes a pizza classic. Introducing our new Premium Hawaiian, another Papa John's original. Like all our pizzas, it comes with Papa's quality guarantee. Try something new with a third off your order. Better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's. Those in the know like to stay in the realm of innovation. Join them. It's easy to keep up with the latest trends and own the latest tech with BMW Select as it offers you the option to drive a brand new BMW every three years. You also get to tailor your deal to suit your pocket and your lifestyle. Visit select.bmw.co.za for more. BMW Select. Dynamic finance for ultimate control. BMW Financial Services is an authorized FSP and registered credit provider. T's and C's apply. You know, in the aftermath of uh, the Supreme Court in um, Dobbs versus Mississippi, that case that overturned the um, Roe v. Wade, in the wake of all of that, there were some trigger laws that immediately went into effect. I think there were 13 states that had passed uh, abortion laws, structured various different ways, but were all on pause waiting for the Supreme Court to respond to this case. My state, Louisiana, was one of them. Our lieutenant governor, actually, I'm sorry, our attorney general, Jeff Landry, made the announcement last Friday that Louisiana's abortion law, which ruled abortions are illegal, period, he said it went immediately into effect. Well, a court stepped in, a state court stepped in here in Louisiana and temporarily blocked that. And so all of those trigger laws like that because of this determination that was made by this Louisiana judge until all of these things are ferreted out in a court of law. And it's not going to be one singular situation. All of these laws, many of these laws are a little bit different from the other ones. It's going to take some time. So the blanket total abortion illegal that stuff is still not determined. There's some litigation uh, that is going to continue. How long it'll take, I don't know. I think because of what the Supreme Court, their opinion was, I think things are going to move a lot faster than they had previously. Regarding another court action, and you probably haven't heard about this, that federal vaccine mandate, it has been blocked again as a court here in Louisiana, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals in New Orleans, dissolves an earlier 
ruling. Listen to this. The vaccine mandate for federal employees will remain blocked at least until a September court hearing. A Texas appeals court is dissolving a previous decision that upheld the Biden administration's vaccine mandate for federal employees. Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals agreed to request a full court to rehear Feds for Medical Freedom versus Biden, effectively dissolving the court's April decision. What does this mean? Joe Biden's vaccine mandate, which he introduced through executive order number 14043 in September of last year, will remain blocked as long as the court does not issue a decision otherwise. And the court has tentatively calendar the oral arguments for the week of September 12th. Feds for Medical Freedom, the plaintiffs in the case, first challenged Biden's vaccine mandate in a district court in Texas in December last year and alleged that the president exceeded his authority in imposing the vaccine mandate for federal employees. Now, what does this mean? All this does, folks, it once again points to the fact that laws in the United States constitutionally are not handled legally by a presidential executive order. An executive order and production of is not a constitutional event. At the beginning of this show in the first half hour, I excoriated the very practice of using executive orders, especially like presidents of late have used, instead of using the legislative system, which is the only constitutional way to create laws and implement laws on the American people. Think about this federal vaccine mandate that Joe Biden put in place with an executive order. Think about all of the fallout all of the problems. There are hundreds of thousands of adverse reactions to vaccines that have happened, even among federal employees that decided to go ahead and get vaccinated, didn't want to, but when this this rule came out, they were told, you don't have any choice. Your choice was taken away. You chose to do something that millions of Americans didn't want to do, but were told you have to do it. Because the law says it, if you decide not to do it, you're going to lose your job working in the federal government. A lot of people were just simply not in financial positions where that was a viable thing for them to do. They couldn't do it. They had to work to feed their families and to live. It's a horrible, horrible thing that has been foisted on the American people by the fact that we, under this president, do not have government by the people, government of the people, and government for the people. It's government by Joe Biden. Period. With a little help from the Democrat Party. And it's sad that we have a bunch of people that have done things based on what they were told were legal matters that really weren't and didn't have the time to work through and watch the executive process go through the court system to be determined at the end that it might not be something that had to be done. 
this Roe v. Wade thing, it's carrying all kinds of implications for all kinds of people with it. Yesterday, an open letter signed by hundreds of Amazon employees has called upon Amazon to stop business in pro-life states. It was shared on TikTok by libs of TikTok. The letter appeared to call upon the tech giant to take immediate and decisive action against the threat to basic human rights with the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Here's what it said, in part. As part of Amazon's wide-reaching efforts toward a more inclusive and diverse workforce, we believe that Amazon cannot let this recent decision go unanswered. We ask Amazon, the world's best employer, to actively defend against this assault on our liberty. The letter then went on to propose the whole list, and I'm going to give you some of the stuff off the list in a second. Some of it's crazy funny. It has ideas for how the company can better promote the cause of abortion, and those signatories admit that some ideas bear a large business risk than others. They ultimately believe that these unprecedented times require the company to think big to change the world. So let me give you what they are. There are nine of them. One, use Amazon's voice to publicly and unequivocally denounce this decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. Number two, allow employees of all genders to space and time to grieve, express their frustrations, and protest against this assault on our rights. Number three, organize a company-sponsored protest in support of Amazon employees. Number four, donate and match donations to bail funds and assistance groups working to expand abortion access for women and pregnant people impacted in states. Okay, that's number four. I can't go on without asking this. Expand abortion access for women and pregnant people. What other pregnant people other than women can get pregnant? (laughs) Just one more little, well, I identify as a woman. Well, can you get pregnant? Well, yeah. Well, then you are a woman. (laughs) Number five, expand remote work options to allow employees the option to relocate to states that choose to preserve their basic human rights. Number six, audit and remove product offerings that misrepresent the facts on abortion or encourage hate speech or violence toward abortion seekers. Number seven, audit all political donations and immediately cease contributions to political committees that oppose abortion, including but not limited to the RGA, the RSLC, and the NRSC, as well as any and all other donations that fund anti-abortion campaigns. Number eight, enact company-wide policy change going forward to ensure that Amazon does not aid or abet anti-abortion causes, ideologies, groups, or public figures, including through donation, product sale, public statement, or otherwise. Number nine, cease operation in states that enact the threatens the lives and liberty of abortion seekers, either by denying health care in life-threatening circumstances or by criminalizing abortion seekers and providers. Amazon has already joined Dix, Citigroup, Yelp, Uber, Lyft, Bumble, Match Group, and Salesforce in the pledge to pay for employee travel should they need an abortion, 
Amazon became the latest corporation to cover employees' travel costs to seek abortion care. That was uh, revealed by CNN. The company told staff it would pay up to $4,000 in travel expenses annually for medical treatments, including abortions, according to a message seen by Reuters. Now, what about this, this, um, this problem? For years, we've all heard abortion's got to be legitimate and real, especially for the life of the mother. We've heard that again and again and again. That was always one of the excuses that had been used. Sometimes, you know, you got to abort a baby to save the life of the mother. Sometimes you just have to do it. Well, that's not true. Well, what do you mean, Dan? I've heard that my whole adult life. I hear it all the time. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she teaches that. She's advocating impeachment for Supreme Court justices who are saying she lied. You remember that? Not only that, but they're preaching that this abortion, you've got to make it okay for women because sometimes you got to save their lives by using abortion. You remember back in 2016, Hillary claimed late-term abortions are sometimes necessary to save women's lives? That fact, listen to what I'm going to tell you. And what I'm saying is factual. It is not supported by one, not even one, medical study, not one, in all the history of abortion. There is not one study that supports the claim that you have to sometimes abort a child to save a woman's life. Here's an example. Abortion is often recommended for pregnant women who are diagnosed with cancer. And they tell us that. But there is zero evidence that those who have abortions are more likely to beat cancer or even survive compared to those who refuse abortion. Similarly, the research has found that there was not a single death among the women who died that an induced abortion could have predicted or prevented. Now, skeptics might wonder if they should trust reliance on a single study. Well, let me just say this. This study, the one I just gave you, has been around for more than 20 years. No one advocating abortion has published any study to dispute those findings. Despite the abortion industry's access to hundreds of millions of abortion records around the world, if they had data to support the myth that abortion saves lives, they would have published it. Absent any evidence, they just ignore contrary evidence, continue to appeal to the common sense myth that abortion is necessary, at least in some hard cases, to save women's lives. The lack of medical evidence for any benefit from abortion and saving women's lives is further magnified by the fact that record linkage studies have proven that abortion is associated with a decline in overall health and an increase in short and longer mortality rates among women exposed to abortion. There is even a dose effect with the negative effects on longevity multiplied with each exposure to abortion. You don't need to rely on abortion to save a woman's life who is pregnant. There's not one 
single study that backs that up, that abortion saves lives ever. It's a wrap on the show today. Boy, there was a lot to talk about, wasn't it? Thank you for being here. We're going to have a busy week. Don't miss today. You didn't. Don't miss tomorrow, any other day this week. There's a lot going on. Hang in there with us. Uh, Thank you so much for being here at TNN Live. See you soon. Let's go. you for the weekend don't want you for a night i'm only interested if i can have you for life yeah. i know i sound serious baby i am you're a fine piece of real estate and i'm gonna get me some
such a good 